Hey, what's up, guys? Britt here. Welcome back to Young American. This is a conversation podcast, and today we have a very special episode for you guys. Today we sat down and got to interview Cal Schwarzentruber, who is a hiker and just set a record for the Sheltoe Trace, a hiking trail that runs right through the Red River Gorge here in Kentucky. Cal was a really great interview. He's a good storyteller. He's very articulate, and I think everybody is going to like this. If you're somebody that likes to be outside, if you're somebody that doesn't like to be outside, but maybe thinks about it, or whether or not you are a full-blown dirtbag and just spend months on end outside, off the grid, I think there's really something for everybody in this interview. So please stick around and uh, tell us your thoughts. You guys can join the conversation. Follow us on social media at Young American Pod on most of the social platforms. You can also email us at youngamericantalk at gmail.com. If you want to follow Cal, you can do that. I would encourage you to do that. He gives his Instagram a shout out. As always, we're thankful for you guys for stopping by and listening. And we're especially grateful this week for you listening to our very first interview. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and get started. This is Young American. Okay, what's up? My name's Britt. My name's Chris. I'm Nathan. And today we're being joined by a very special guest, Cal. Hey, guys. Um, do you want to introduce <laughs> yourself a little bit? Um, Just say, like, yeah. name, state of origin, who you are. <laughs> no, for, seriously, for so we, we wanted to... Uh, I've been talking to these guys about doing some interviews yeah. this year, and... Didn't really know how to start that, so you're our first interview. Congratulations! Sweet. Awesome, but glad to be a guinea pig. <laughs> oh yeah. When I heard your story, and we'll get into it a little bit, I was like, "That's exactly what I would like to talk about." Like, awesome. just like stuff like that, where somebody has done an achievement that not a lot of people know about, not yeah. a lot of people talk about, or are into, or maybe aspire to do some of these mm -hmm. things. But that's kind of where we're coming from. Yeah. So you are a big outdoors guy, right? You could say that, yeah. Okay. When sure. did that start? Um I didn't get into like backpacking, backpacking until probably around the time I started college. Um, but even when I was younger, when I was a kid, like as a little kid, I would go to the like little one acre stand of woods that they just couldn't develop <laughs> okay. because it was in like a depression that was all swampy and i would just go hang out there all day like and family <laughs> land oh yeah okay. it was like two blocks from my house or right something on. like that and i would just go hang out in the wood the woods it was yeah. like basically a ditch did but you guys grow up camping <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um um I, no one else in my family are really big outdoors people my okay. mom gardens you know and takes care of the yard and uh goes on walks and stuff like that um but uh, no one else in my family really was, but my dad knew that I liked that stuff. So he would, now and then, we would go camping, car camping. Like right. he would take me to Natural Bridge or yeah. Cumberland Gap or something like that. Uh, Chris and I's city. dad is the king of car camping. We were born in Minnesota <laughs> and we would go, we would hit every 
KOA type of yep. place that yep. you could. That was kind of vacation because we didn't have a lot of money growing yeah. up. And that was basically, we would go, I mean, I remember going to Mount Rushmore and yeah. the Badlands. Yeah. North Family Dakota. in California. So that drive from, Min- well, we lived in Minnesota first. Mm-hmm. And so that drive from Minnesota to California and then Ken- Kentucky Absolutely. to California, you just kind of stop on the way. And- oh, for sure. I have very much like fanned that into flame and kindled it like i really love being outdoors yeah you not so much chris <laughs> well and we can get into talking about this or into kind of the meat of what you're yeah what you you did i like camping i like the idea i'm highly highly allergic to poison ivy okay so like i know if i just step outside i'm gonna <laughs> get it <laughs> So it's just kind of like the risk I have to take. At one point, I was just like, I don't know that this is worth it. <laughs> my like, 17th oatmeal bath where my skin is just raging. And I'm oh. just like, gosh. Nathan, uh, are you an outdoorsy guy? Oh, no. I I am an indoor cat, as Johnny would say. Uh, I I grew up camping to some extent. We went really? camping. Yeah, we went camping as a family with, the, with Andrew's family quite a bit. But I didn't hate that. Honestly, I have fond memories of that. But I just love air conditioning. Just like we keep our house 69 degrees year round. Like I just like to be cold and it's tough when it's, I don't know. I like, I, I like being inside. I really do like hiking and stuff. Like I like, I, I enjoy going yeah. to the gorge and stuff. And, and if there was like a cabin that has, you know, Amenities. electricity. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy that kind of camping. I think I just <laughs> pitching a tent and making soup over a fire. Like yeah. this is not my thing. See, I really like camping and I like going, to, I like hiking. I just like to be able to wash off afterwards. And I, th- the mm-hmm. thing that I really don't like is waking up wet. Yeah, no one likes that. <laughs> okay. That's good to hear. That's really good to hear. I'm also not a fan of waking up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Especially like in the summertime. I remember we decided for some reason we were like during a vacation, we were college age in our early 20s. And we were like, hey, you know what? Let's go down to Florida and we'll like do the whole <laughs> Florida experience. You know, we'll go oh, eat seafoods. And, but you know what we'll do? Instead of paying for a hotel, we'll camp on the beach. And I was literally counting oh, down Johnny, yeah. minutes. I ain't seen the first Pelican. <laughs> so that was that trip, right? Yeah, Dwayne and Johnny. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I, um, I don't know if, what we're getting into here, but uh, as part of what I was doing this summer. Go for it. Yeah. Um, uh, we did end up doing, we hiked for about 200 miles or so of the Oregon coast, which is totally public land. So you can just walk the coast. Right. There's no private, whatever. And when um, you say we, who do you mean? Uh, me and the people that I was hiking with at the time, were, which were, you had planned to go with, or were they strangers? Uh, a month prior to that, they were strangers. Yeah. Okay. So you hit the trail and met people along the way. Yeah. So I guess, well, I can just say what I was doing this past summer probably clear things up a little bit. Um, so I uh, hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. It runs uh, 2,650 miles from the Mexican border to the Canadian border. Um, you did the whole thing? Yeah, there was... So I didn't touch the northern terminus. Uh, right before we got to the northern end, there was a wildfire, and they closed the northern okay. section. So I'm missing about 75 miles. Unfortunately, it's the last 75 miles, so okay. I didn't officially walk from Mexico to Canada. 75 um, out of 2,000, it's like, yeah, give, and me, give me that. I have one other section that I had to skip due to fires. That's another 75-mile-ish section that in Oregon. That was going to be my question. But uh, we, uh, the group that I was hiking with at the time, we did about 200 miles on the Oregon coast as like a supplement, kind mm-hmm. of, when a lot of the fires were going on. So I ended up hiking about 
2,700 miles out west and then came back and did some hiking in Kentucky, of course, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, when did you get into hiking? Like, when did you get that hiking fever? Yeah, um, it was around... I don't know that I'd be able to pin it on like a specific, oh, it was this moment that I was okay. like, this is it. But um, back in, oh, I was probably 18 or so. Uh, I, I had, we'd done hiking, you know, and like I said, my dad would take me car camping growing up. And then when I got a little bit older, we would go on like day hikes and stuff. Yeah. And he would struggle to keep up a little bit. And <laughs> um, <laughs> but at some point you adopt that as like a, a solo thing. Like I'm no longer yeah. under mom and dad's roof. Like we're not doing family thing. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go and do this. Yeah. It was, um, yeah. Around, around when I was around 18 or so is when I started doing some, a lot of that stuff on my own, started building up some gear and stuff like that. And it was kind of like, I mean, y'all have talked some about, you know, the church situation that we had. Sure. Uh, you know, we do have some history with Cal. We'll let yeah. the, the casual <laughs> listener know. Um, around the time, I guess that, I don't know what stage of life y'all would have been in when we were in, in all of, uh, that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in high school. So right. when all of that happened, it was like, Oh, you know, the community that I grew up around is no longer here. And the, belief system that I've had my whole life doesn't make a hundred percent sense anymore. Okay. And the direction that I've been going in, in life, uh, now doesn't make sense. And what do I do now? And it was kind of something that was like, you know what? Screw, screw all of this. I'm going to like go off and do some of this stuff on my own. And, uh, that was something I liked hiking and, uh, Wow, that uh, met a friend who really told me about like long distance backpacking and was like, I'd heard of the Appalachian Trail, yeah. something people bring up, but I didn't know there was so much more out there yeah. uh, involved in this. And I was like, wow, that's just awesome. And um, I had dreamed of leaving Lexington for quite some time. And uh, that was something that was like, I wonder if I could do that. Like, could I really do that? Is that something that I can do? Can, can you just like go do that? Yeah. I could choose to do that? Like what? Um, so I started backpacking in Kentucky, uh, doing most mostly by myself, uh, just kind of trying to figure out if it was something that I could do more of in the future. Um, so uh, yeah, started out doing like uh, in in Kentucky. We have a trail, the Sheltoe Trace. That's uh, love it. The, the current length of it is 343 miles, so it runs the length of Daniel Boone National Forest, which goes pretty much the whole way across Kentucky. Um, through the Red River Gorge, Cumberland Falls, Big South Fork, um, if you're familiar with the area at all. Uh, And I knew that was there, and I was living in Lexington, so I was like, okay, let's try this out and see how this goes and Mm -hmm. test my skills. How many years ago is this? This this would have been 2017. Okay, so within the last six years. Yeah, so in 2017, I said, I'm going to try that. And I had a period of time between when my work ended and when my semester started, and I was like, this is the time. I've got the cheapest gear I can find because I'm a broke college student, (laughs) and uh, I'm just going to go out there and wing it. Where'd you go to school? uh, UK. Okay. Yeah. Um, And it went terribly. (laughs) Really? um, The first time you tried it? This is the first time I tried it. It went absolutely 
horribly, uh, and I had a great time. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I got about 90 miles in. A uh, big rainstorm came in, flooded my tent in the middle of the night. Everything I had was soaked. Oh, I got yes. maybe two hours of sleep. I was just laying in a puddle pretty much the whole night and woke up to the next morning, hiked on a little bit until I could get some service. Uh, this happened in the Red River Gorge, so I hiked on until the, the trail crosses right by uh, Miguel's. Uh, if you're familiar with the gorge, oh, yeah. you probably know Miguel's. Miguel's and, Pizza? Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. pizza and the climbing shop there and stuff. And uh, it's like 0.7 miles off of the trail. So I right. walked there, got some Wi-Fi, checked the weather, and it was going to storm like that the next seven nights. <laughs> Perfect. Wow. Um, <laughs> so I was like, time. oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm not doing that. So um, called my dad and he was like, OK, I'll come pick you up after work. Luckily, it's not that far of a drive from from Lexington to get there. So went up to Natural Bridge, sat on the bridge for a while and considered all the facts of life and reality and where I was. And then my dad picked me up and I came home and uh, was it was pretty defeating. But Wow, that's incredible. So six years ago, I mean, you're describing a miserable experience that he, that, loved, oh, yeah. that he loved, that you loved. I did love it. <laughs> and then fast forward, the whole reason why we wanted to have you on this this podcast and interview you is yeah. you just set a record mm -hmm. tell us about and you were featured in an article in mm -hmm. backpacker magazine yeah read it great yeah fantastic article we'll we'll send a link out to it tell us a little bit about that record yeah so that record was the fastest known time on the shell toy trace the trail that just talking about had a right. terrible experience and wow. had to quit early in 2017, uh, this past fall, October 2022, I set the the fastest ever. Which uh, is what's the record? Uh, I did it in uh, seven days, 11 hours, 18 minutes. And how many miles is it? It's uh, 343 miles. You had to throw in fastest known time, didn't you? That, <laughs> that's how it's listed. Well, I saw it. That's how it's. That's how all those records are listed. Okay. So FKTs. FKT. FKT. Yeah. So FKTs are a, a whole thing. There are a multitude of these trails. So many of them, uh, of varying lengths. And um, a long time ago, some trail runners, uh, professional trail runners, were like, "Oh, let's." Uh, start keeping track of who's doing these the fastest. And um, it was a couple of guys, uh, Buzz and Peter are their first name. I don't even know. Uh, nowadays, FKT, the whole name and, and the website and all of the record keeping and stuff like that is, uh, it's owned by uh, Outdoor Incorporated, which has Outdoor Magazine, Backpacker, and stuff like that. Okay. So FKT is like an established term. How does that come around that you're going, like, do you, Call them or contact somebody and say, hey, get Guinness out here. I'm, a, I'm about to do this. So I carried a GPS tracker, okay. which um, sent out a ping every so often okay. of my location. Uh, you're also, there's there's rules for this stuff, but you can, anyone can submit an FKT. Um, you do have to have a GPS track of it. And uh, you put in a little trip report of how things went and kind of what you encountered. Ideally, you would take pictures along the way to have additional proof. Generally speaking, if you satisfy those requirements, they're going to approve your FKT and be like, oh, yeah, this guy did it. Um, now and then they have had issues with people saying, oh, I did the Appalachian Trail faster than anyone's ever done it. And then when you look into it, it's like, oh, no, they just took a picture at a bunch of trailheads and oh, said wow. they did it. Okay. Uh, there was an mm. issue a few years ago where someone. So tried real to do quick, that. So it, you said uh, the AT is how many miles? The Appalachian Trail. 
I'm sorry, the the shell toey. Yeah, it's uh, 343. 343, and you did it in seven and a half days? Roundabout. So we're talking you did more than 45 miles a day? No, no, no. But the last day right you around, did it. Right around 46 a day, yeah. It, but there's uh, a on average, it was the the daily splits were wildly off base of what the average was. But I'm going to read just a line in this. It says uh-huh. on the last morning, knowing his window for an FKT was closing, Schwartz and Truber covered over 60 miles in 24 hours with only three short naps. So that Gosh. what? <laughs> so I don't I don't um, so. When I read that in the article, I was like, oh, that's interesting, because that doesn't sound as impressive as uh, what I actually did in the last day. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Which, uh, yes, in the last 24 <laughs> hours, I did around about 60 miles, but um, I did the last 36 hours with uh, a couple 10-minute dirt naps in the, uh, on the trail. The last 36 hours, I did 87 and a half miles. Oh, gosh, man. 87 87- <laughs> Take that, Iron Man! <laughs> what are you? You've got to be at least at a jog, right, or a sprint. At that point, um, no. <laughs> that was the last eighty-seven and a half miles of a okay. three hundred forty-three mile trail. By that point, I was sleep deprived. I was very tired. Um, You're just cocaine bear, just wandering through the woods. <laughs> essentially, you get pretty feral at some point, <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, I was doing as much running as I could. I will say, wow. for the most part, I couldn't maintain more than like a 15 minute mile for most of that. Um, but when you're on a trail that long, doing an F, like there are FKTs that are five miles long is the right. minimum amount for an FKT, and people will go out and just sprint those things. You mm-hmm. know? Or even like 100-mile FKTs, yeah. there are ultra runners who will go out there and run it like a race and just right. run the whole time. 343 miles, you can't no, run you gotta have the whole some, time. Yeah, you got to have uh, some, some You can do it you supported in a supported style, which is uh, a different record. Um, but uh, you can't just go out and run 343 miles without stopping. Um, when that, it gets to that length, uh, it's more getting fast times. It's more about consistency and not stopping and moving at a solid pace than it is about absolute speed. Wow. And coming off of, I, I did that immediately after, like two weeks after coming home from the Pacific Crest Trail, I just finished walking uh, about 2,700 miles and was in fantastic shape to be able to just walk more. So mm-hmm. um, I, I really was just trying to move without stopping as much as possible. Uh, and typically speaking, if I'm well-rested and like walking yeah. quickly, uh, a four-mile-an-hour pace is totally sustainable. Uh, at some point, uh, a four mile an hour pace, I have to kind of force myself to jog a little bit to, okay. to mm-hmm. keep that so up. So seven days, 11 hours, and 18 minutes. Yeah. 18 minutes. What was the time before that? What was the time you beat? Yeah, so there are um, three different kinds of FKTs. Okay. Uh, there's unsupported, which is like I did it. That's in a traditional backpacking style. The real you start, way. <laughs> the real way. <laughs> um, you start with everything you're going to need on your back. All food, all gear. Uh, you can't receive any help or assistance from any anybody. You can't have pacers. You can't, you know, mm. you're doing this on your own, and you're not picking up any supplies along the way except for water. And even then, you can't take water from, like, you know, uh, a commercial source. It has to be from 
Well, Brent, you you, know, you actually you cut a Gatorade bottle in half and you were dipping it in stre- streams or puddles that you found along the way, right? Is that yeah? Uh, I'm, I mean, there are plenty of water sources yeah, in sources. the woods along the way, and uh, yeah, that's what I was drinking. So you from, basically so. you took two water bottles, drank those, and filled them up as as yeah. you were going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So that's unsupported. So the uh, there's unsupported. Self-supported is you're doing it on your own, but you can send yourself like resupply boxes or have uh, pickup supplies along the way, whether that be going into a store and buying some supplies or, you know, whatever else uh, that's self-supported. And then supported record would be uh, if someone else was like meeting me at all the trailheads and I maybe slept in a car at night at a trailhead. Someone was bringing me food. Maybe I had pacers or something like that. So, um, tour de France type stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I beat the previous unsupported record, which is the style I did it in, uh, by about five hours or so. Um, and I was able to beat the supported record by about 40 minutes. Wow. So you smoked the supported guy. Yeah. Right on. Damn. So tell me about how do you, because you talked a little bit about gear. How do you prepare for something like that? You mm-hmm. said you were just off the Pacific Crest Trail, which is a bucket list of mine. Yeah, Ho- do it. Hopefully I haven't, <laughs> hopefully I haven't missed that opportunity. How long did that take? Um, all, all told, side trips and all. From the time I started to the time I left the trail was around four and a half months. Mm-hmm. Um, Which one are you more proud of? I'm I'm quite proud of the Sheltoy Trace time, uh, especially no because doubt. that was something that, like I said, in 2017, it was like my first wow. like, I'm going to yeah, try right. this yeah. out. Yeah. And That's I incredible. Completely, it, it was a failure. And in 2019, uh, I actually went back and was able to do it for real, not as a record, but just hike the whole thing. And that, at the time, felt like a huge accomplishment that I was beyond proud of. And that gave me a lot of the confidence to be like, okay, I can go, I can do something like the PCT. So to come back from the PCT, having all the experience and knowledge that I now had, and go, huh, I wonder if I couldn't take this a step further, and to finish the Sheltoy Trace and be able to say to myself, I have done this faster than any human being has ever done this that's incredible i i did that (laughs) like what a surreal feeling uh so i'm incredibly proud of it um i i'm also very proud of being able to finish the pct uh but i think that that is more uh says more about my determination to finish things than it does about my actual capabilities i was gonna say that one probably like I don't know how you walk away from something like that, cha- like unchanged. Mm-hmm. I think that that one you're right. probably like not fundamentally, but you're you are changed as a person yeah. in perspective. And I'm trying to even like put myself in that. Like I, I, I'm the guy that goes on a two three day work trip, and the entire drive or flight there, I'm like. I know I forgot something. I know I forgot something. <laughs> I know I forgot something. And then I get to the hotel room like, shh. <laughs> I mean, even just like the preparation, like the mindset to put yourself there. And then like while you're out there, was there a certain, I mean, I don't know how, how long it took you, but was there a certain amount of time that it took you to go, oh, like I'm actually cut off from everything, mm-hmm. even to, to, to like stop 
you know, you said you're looking for Wi-Fi. It's not like you're like you know surfing Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> on, on no, that's trail. a good point. But like that, you've got to get your mind like in the right headspace yeah. to, to even do that, and it's one one step at a time. Well, I was gonna say, I remember when you posted like. I didn't know that this was something you were into until, yeah. I mean, I think you were living in Salt Lake at the time, right? Yeah. And uh, you posted like, well, I'm going on this PCT, and um, you posted like the most meticulous like grouping of just items. <laughs> I was just like, I feel like like the research just to gather those things, like these are the things that it requires to survive on this That thing. was a question of mine is like, what do you, what do you pick? What's your, yeah. what do they call it? Ah, there's like a word for it. Everybody takes a picture. They lay it all out the day yeah. before. Survival it's like gear. a thing. Everyone yeah. yes, out there. super cool. And like it was like there's something inspiring about it. I was like, <laughs> damn it! I go, when I go to my in-laws' house, I throw like every pair of underwear into a bag, and <laughs> like, we're moving there. <laughs> yeah. So the most that I've ever gone out is like a week. Uh huh. And more than most people. Well, yeah. Sitting here across the table from you, <laughs> but like we always do that is like whenever we would you know and i had a buddy matt that you knew that we would take you know students on some hiking trips teach them some survival skills that paled in comparison and whatnot but that was kind of a thing is where like you'd like take a picture of your your layout mm -hmm. of your you, I, there's a word for it that i'm not i'm totally forgetting but like what what are you bringing on that that's what i want to yeah um Everyone's like own like backpacking kit. The things that they carry is like a very personal list of things. Mm -hmm. And even though everything is practical, um, what goes into deciding that? I mean, when I started the PCT, I had done a number of not nothing that long, um, but I had done a hand a couple of hundred plus mile trails that. I could lean on as experience of this is okay. I know kind of what I'm going to need here. So it wasn't random by any means. And a lot of that stuff had a lot of miles behind it mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. um, meant they were important. Uh, so different people decide that different levels of things are worth bringing. Uh, the thing is that when you're carrying it all on your back, uh, mm -hmm. every additional thing you carry is additional weight that you are right. also carrying, which is hard on your body and, uh, the way that I like to backpack is in a style that is extremely minimal uh, because I like having very little on my back when I'm when I'm walking. And uh, I have always been kind of drawn to more minimalist concepts and ideas and the idea of doing backpacking uh -huh. in a minimalist fashion, which is about as minimalist of a lifestyle <laughs> as you can possibly live. Uh, very, very cool. So um, everything that I carried was stuff that I was going to need. I wasn't going to carry a thing that I wasn't going to be using. A bunch of it has like double uses, right? A lot of uses. stuff probably would have multiple uses. <laughs> um, I'm wiping with this toilet paper and then it will be my Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> I will dig my poop hole with this spoon that I with. You say that, but I know people who've done it. I, oh, I believe it. There's, I mean, people saw off the ends of their toothbrushes and all kinds of things. I do that, but mainly for the meme, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> for the meme. I, like lo I loved following your Instagram the whole time. It was, it was that, so exciting. That was the cool thing. I about would show it. people all the time. I was like, look, mom. <laughs> look at Cal. He's like, I she's like, what's he doing? He's on a hike. I'm like, yeah, he's on a hike. I, I think I messaged you at one point because I, I was I was like God, I, I, similarly you yeah. just like posted like well here I am I'm leaving my the world as I know it for the next however many months and, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna go do this thing and I was like 
gosh, like I'm just gonna live vicariously. <laughs> and then I was surprised. Yes. I was like, oh, this is like I was like, I want to check in after he's done with this. But then you like posted randomly mm-hmm. throughout. Yeah. Throughout, it was like amazing. I had enough people that were like, please keep us up. Yeah, right. it was yeah. it was awesome. I never was honestly for years. I haven't been a social media user until I started hiking. Uh, well, you had like better music. content than most. <laughs> all <of a> sudden, <laughs> yeah. I was pretty transient on, and Chris hit the nail on the head. I was pretty transient on it to begin with. Like I, I, I took a break for a couple years, but I would see your posts every now and again. Was that you just every time you'd get into service, you'd do that or would you? Yeah. So on the PCT, every couple of days, you'd go into town to resupply, get new okay. food, get a shower, talk about, you know, that. um, did you know where the town was? Like yeah, so were, we knew ahead of time. So you mapped out, okay. Yeah, there's, um, I mean, it's very easy to tell. Most people on the PCT use uh, this app that has the map on it. It has okay. all the town information and all that kind of, you know, where campsites might be or gotcha. water sources and all that kind of stuff. Um, What's the name of the app? It's called Far Out. Far Out, man. Formerly known as Far Out Guides. Man. But um, there's, like, people will comment on stuff too so you can see like oh someone a couple days ago said this water source is dry good to know like we won't count on that one you know um so that's what most people like probably 98 percent of people have that app and and use that just because it's a good community thing to be able to figure out where stuff is and it's got all the town information on there um i mean the pct has been around for decades and people have been hiking it for decades so all that stuff is pretty built up that you kind of know where you know are you just like you go hike into a town and then you're just one night and done or do you stay the weekend or yeah so it it really depends um if you spend a day in town without hiking any miles it's called a zero uh and some people will hike the trail and have i met a guy who i met him towards the end of the trail uh, but he hadn't even finished yet, and he had racked up like 48 zeros uh, just hanging out in town. Um, <laughs> uh, I think Damn. I probably ended up doing... Got a beer gut. I don't remember if I've counted. Somewhere in like the 7 to 10 range mm. zeros along the way. You probably need those, those mentally were, more than like as much as anything else, right? Like just to... Well, funny enough, most of them were unplanned, oh, okay. um, and a lot of it is because town is where uh, a lot of hikers hang out, and it's very, very easy easy to get sucked into they call it the vortex of of town and get sucked in and Mm -hmm. um uh sometimes it's like ah maybe we don't want to leave today we're not on it like no one's making us leave we're having a good time (laughs) you know like let's stay at this hostel another night why not you know so uh that that's a, a common thing uh the way that i hike because i like to hike more miles in a day I have a, a lighter pack than a, a lot of people do. Uh, my particular style of what I like to be doing, uh, I didn't take as many zeros. Also, it's expensive to oh, yeah. spend yeah, no a day doubt. in town. Um, but if we like had a really good setup where we had a free place to stay or something like that, oh, we would absolutely take advantage of it. For and sure. Take a day off. You know, you're putting a lot of stress on your body, so having that physical rest is important too. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of we talk. Yeah. Here. I, w- I wanted to ask, like, what does your community look like? Cause yeah. you set off on that thing solo or did mm-hmm. you bring anybody with you? No, no, I started completely alone. And, uh, most people start by themselves, uh, okay. if they're doing the PCT. Uh, some people start with maybe a significant other or some people with a friend, but, uh, start most, most, yes, yeah, start, um, <laughs> uh, most people start on their own. Uh, so I started by myself, but there are a lot of people that hike this trail. 
Uh, and in any of these longer trails in the, in the United States, you will likely see a good number of people, especially the Appalachian Trail and Pacific Yeah. Trail. Because you had like a whole entourage, and but towards the end of your yeah. pictures and stuff, they call it a trail family. Trail. So, <laughs> um, so Britain. people, uh, yeah. So along the way, like you're hiking, you don't know anyone. Everyone else who's hiking doesn't know anyone either, and you're all out there working towards the same goal. You end up hiking the same pace as some people. Maybe you camp next to them a couple of nights in a row, and then suddenly you're making plans in town together, and then mm -hmm. suddenly you hike the whole trail together, and that's just kind of how it goes. So um, I. A little ways in, uh, ran into a group of people that were hiking at a similar speed to me that had similar uh, priorities of kind of what they were doing, had similar mindset. And we got along really well. We ended up hiking together for a lot of the trail. So various, uh, it wasn't the same group the whole time. Um, but when I say we, I mean this group, my trail family. Mm -hmm. You said like you'll, you guys will maybe camp in the same area, but then you guys will get up at, this, at different times and leave. Yeah. And so it's not like we're with each other constantly. Yeah. And when you're on trail, you don't have service. It's hard to communicate. Uh, one really weird, cool thing about it is that whenever you say goodbye to someone, you literally have no idea if it's the last time you're ever going to see them. Um, I, there were people that I said bye to that I figured, oh, we've seen each other the last couple of days. We'll probably see each other again. And then, oh, they took a zero in town. Now they're a day behind me. And then suddenly this, that, or the other thing happens and I didn't see them for the rest of the trail. Or maybe they got injured or, you know, whatever else. Um, mm -hmm. so generally speaking with my trail family, um, we would, uh, loosely have an idea of where we were going to camp that night. And most of the time, most of us would find our way to that point or a spot and end up stopping and setting up camp. So I camped with these people most nights, uh, People get up at different times and leave in the morning at different times. Most mornings I would have on my own. Sometimes I'd hike out of camp with someone else. And usually I'll run into some people along the way halfway through the day and decide it's a good time for lunch. And then we have lunch. And um, when our trail family, at, at the towards the end of trail, there were like eight of us. Uh, so a lot of times we didn't all camp in the same place the same night. Uh, maybe there would be two different groups of people camping. Some nights I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to set up camp here and just spend a night by myself, see you tomorrow or whatever. I'll see you in town or whatever else, and we'll run into each other later. And uh, But generally speaking, with my group of people, we would have loose ideas of where we were going to be, and we would, at the very least, meet up in town and probably go back to trail from town okay. together. So, Do you still keep up ran. with any of those people? All the time. Really? I talk to them all oh, the time. Awesome. Yeah. You said the last time that I bumped into you at the Green Lantern, you mm -hmm. said something fascinating is that you guys don't use your real names. You guys no. use trail, <laughs> trail names? Trail names, yeah. So on these long-distance trails um, in the, the through-hiking, in the through-hiking world, uh, on, on uh, any of these long-distance trails, generally speaking, you'll be given a trail name. And it's kind of like a camp nickname, I guess, you know, okay. if you go to summer camp as a kid and maybe you got a nickname or something and then you come back home and that's, you know, whatever. But, um, most people will be given some dumb goofy name by somebody or they'll take on a name and they start going by that name. And most of my friends from trail, I have no idea what their real names are. Wow. And almost all of them, like some of them have made the crossover into real life now. Um, or they someone that I them? hiked, uh, 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 2000 miles with someone in my trail family whose name was, uh, big toe was her trail name, call her toe. And she lives in Nashville. I have a ton of friends in Nashville. So I go down there 
all the time. Now she's met my she's met my parents. She's met my wow. sister. Like she she's met a lot of my friends and they call her by her real name. And I have to like every time I'm talking about her, correct myself in my head. Gears like are grinding. Switch to like, okay, I have to call her Mom, this is name. Toe. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your trail name? Um, that is a great, great question. I that, did not have a conventional trail name experience. Most people in the first couple of weeks, they get a name and then whatever. And I did not want to get stuck with like a dumb name, you know, like some people get the dumbest <laughs> name. I know the feeling. And I'm like, I'm not going to be called that for months. And then usually if you hike another long trail in the future, you keep your original trail name. So it's like, if I do this in the future, I don't want to get stuck with a dumb name, you know, like that would be awful. Um, like I, I knew people who you're going to have to use your bleeper. I, I knew people who uh, I knew a pair of British guys whose names were grumpy and c <laughs> um, <laughs> which is the most British couple of names you could possibly imagine. Oh, yeah. Uh, ran into someone whose name was fat. <laughs> um, uh, piss bag. Uh, oh. There's all, all kinds of different names. That this you, is to their face, right? Yeah, this and they introduce themselves to people with this name. Oh my <laughs> hey, get bad. over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, just to give you an idea of what trail names are, I'm just going to pull up real quick. Uh, when I finished the trail, I made a post on my Instagram just like shouting out a bunch of people that I met on trail. Uh, I I didn't Do you want to shout them out? Go for it. I'll shout them out. So I just listed a bunch of trail names in this post and i'm just going to read through a bunch of them okay <laughs> we've got toe pyro heaps 60 cent santa may queen stitch uh who was stretch changed his trail name <laughs> sheriff woody blonde bear natty g glider uh suffer twice who took back his trail name at some point and started going by gavin which is his real name that's boring um <laughs> red riding well, well, wait gavin what's his trail name Suffer twice. Suffer twice. Yeah. He started, he was going by rude for a while as well, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, dirt dog, water boy, grandma, O2, quick munch, downhill daddy, fruity hat, choco bun, ghost cat, socks, mare, goat, animal planet, tomb raider, nap man, game show, manana, exhale, warranty, Groot, birthday boy, poppy, sugar, squirrel, pretzel, butters, foff, manners, wow. brainstorm, da Vinci, postal, scorpion queen, uh, sprocket, boogie, hippie. All, all kinds of names like that. So wow. to give you kind These of a like spread of what trail names Top Gun are. call signs. Sprocket. <laughs> well, funny you say that. So in the Air Force, I, I worked with a guy that was in the Air Force, and he, he, he was a fighter pilot. And they, you don't get to choose your name. So it's yeah. funny that these guys are like, no, I'm going to be, I'm not Sprocket <laughs> anymore. I'm Lockett. Well, uh, most of the time it's frowned upon to just like give yourself a name. Oh, you know? Gavin, yes. we're calling Generally you Generally speaking, <laughs> I guess if like, if you don't want to be called something, that's fine. People will be, okay, we're not going to call you that. Yeah. But uh, generally speaking, someone will come up with a name for you and you decide whether or not you right. want that to be your name. And I guess that's the out in the Air Force. They like, they it's there's a process or whatever they, yeah they bestow your nickname mm, your, mm -hmm. your call sign despite tom cruise's maverick you don't get to choose that but yeah the, they, he said similar stories like there's a guy named <laughs> which is <laughs> most likely to <laughs> at a bus stop <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a trail name that it's sounds an like acronym. an actual trail okay. name that right someone on. would have yeah um my trail name took a lot of evolution. I didn't have one for the first probably, oh, I don't know, 
55, 60% of the trail. Uh, I kind of was like, that sounds silly. I don't really want a dumb name. And, and what's yours again? I don't want to get stuck with one. Thikes is what I generally. Thikes. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's your name. Your Instagram, that's Instagram name. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Thikes Hikes. Thikes um, But most, a lot of people from trail know me as Cal, just because I did continue to go by Cal for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point along the way, I was like, this sucks. Everyone else has a fun name. I don't have a fun name. Why was I being such a stick in the mud? Like, why do I got to be like that? Come on. Okay. I, I do want a trail name. I want to participate in this fun hiker trash culture. Like, Someone give me a trail name. But at that point, all the trail names, like people had been giving out trail names. They were done giving out trail names. Everyone knew everyone's names. And my name was Cal. Um, so for a while, there was a like just running jokes in my trail family about just the dumbest possible trail names you could give someone. And I won't repeat most of them because they're mostly vulgar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but at some point, uh, I thought... <laughs> Uh, I mentioned it would be hilarious if my if someone had the trail name Christ. <laughs> um, and I kind of thought that was hilarious because I was getting really annoyed with day hikers or like people who would pick us up in, in hitches or just people in town who are fascinated by hikers. The first thing they ask, oh, what's your trail name? And it gets really annoying. And I'm like, I don't want to have the Wait, same conversation. Wasn't that at one point your Instagram handle? It was. And, it was and Christ I'm, Hikes. I'm getting to that. Okay. Then, uh, <laughs> okay, that was like um, good good minute. recall there. <laughs> no, um yeah, so so I am I've always been a fan of what I have been calling f- you trail names, mm-hmm. which are trail names like some of the more derogatory ones that I listed earlier because if you're like just a you know, hiker trash person out in the woods you probably think a really funny nickname is really funny and if you're some family on vacation who's like oh hikers let's go talk to hikers what's your trail name and you say oh my trail name is fat you know it's on purpose it's a you trail name yeah Yeah, exactly gather around kids we're gonna take a picture with fat (laughs) so anyway uh i ended up actually going by christ for quite some time um Started as a joke just because I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at some point, there was a large number of people who actually, and still to this day, know me as Christ and nothing else. Uh, they don't know my name. I, I am Christ Incredible. to these people. Um, however, I would run into situations where it would be like, I don't really want to. Like, <laughs> there's someone, like, uh, I'm in a hitch with someone who's driving me into town that I just met. Am I going to say, they ask me what my trail name is. I'm in their car. Like, they're driving me into town. I don't want to be like, oh, my name is Christ. <laughs> I did have one hitch where, like, I did say that my that was my trail name because I thought it would go over well, and it did not. Oh, no. And it was just did a little bit awkward. quiet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he is with Which us. was kind of hilarious, but I didn't really want to run into further issues with that. So I was like, guys... Maybe don't call me Christ anymore. This joke has gone a little bit too far. But for a while, I had the Instagram handle Christ underscore hikes because I thought that it was hilarious. And I still think that it's hilarious. (laughs) Uh, Christ hikes. Um, And I really just didn't care. So I was like, oh, this is hilarious. You know, Uh, there's so many Instagrams where people put their trail name and then hikes. And so it's just kind of like a parody on all that. And I I thought it was funny. And uh, 
Um, but I didn't want to keep running into those situations. Anyway, I was talking to uh, someone that I met who was asking me, oh, how'd you get your trail name? And this was another hiker. So I was telling him it was mostly just because I thought Christ underscore hikes as an Instagram is hilarious. And uh, he said, oh, well, why do you have the underscore? Isn't that for people who, who like can't get without the underscore? Like, isn't without the underscore the one that you want? And I was like, well, no, because then it would look like my Instagram handle is Chris Thikes. <laughs> and oh. I thought that was hilarious. So that was my Instagram handle. <laughs> and then uh, eventually people just started calling me Thikes. So by the end, that was my trail Christ name. And that's the, the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, funny that you say that because my. Whenever I get on a plane, because of how long my last name is, yeah. Pendleton, there's just so many letters in that. Whenever it prints out a ticket, and now everything's through your phone now, but whenever it prints out a ticket, it's it's Christ Pendleton. <laughs> they cut off the first name. No, 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 it's Pendleton Christ. So I'm always like, ah. Yeah, Thikes is a much better, much better. It seems like you came came by that name pretty naturally then, or or organically. I also didn't want to be that (laughs) who named himself Christ. So (laughs) um, I'm trying to move away from that. Chris Thikes is funny. But I think Thikes is, uh, that's a a decent trail name, and I like that it has kind of a weird story behind it. That's what I I typically... I wanted to know, like, just some, some simple things. Like, what is... What's like one of the most dangerous moments that you've had out on the out on the trail? Or was there any moment that you were like, I don't think I'm going to live through this night mm. or I'm in real peril? Um, I think a big part of through hiking and backpacking in general is being OK with some level of danger and being comfortable in discomfort. You're uncomfortable pretty much the whole time and it becomes kind of very normal. I think a lot of people are surprised to hear that the most dangerous situations that I was in on trail were actually probably getting into some hitches. Um, The trail doesn't go directly through most towns. In fact, almost all the time you have to hitchhike from a trailhead into town. Uh, And a lot, most of the time it's a very pleasant experience. And most people who live near the trail or are driving near the trail know that it's there and they see a bunch of dirty hikers on the side of the road and they know, oh, it's just a bunch of PCT hikers. Let's put some, uh, you know, uh, blankets over the seats and roll the windows down for the smell and we'll pick them up <laughs> and take them into town, you know, and, and that's typically how it goes. It's usually very nice people. Uh, and I've had some really great interactions and met some really cool people doing that. However, <clears throat> uh, sometimes it can be a little bit sketchy. I did have one guy driving me and a friend into town who offered us crack um, I was in one hitch. Uh, Which you accepted. <laughs> I just said a polite no, thank you. <laughs> and then hopped out of the car and never seen again. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, hitches that drive way over the speed limit or completely erratically. Um, most hikers have at least one story of a hitch who was drinking in the car. It's, yeah, that's probably one of the more dangerous parts of it interesting Uh, that being said uh i have never known anyone to be in a car accident from a hitch okay i'm sure it happens uh but it's not a danger that every time i get into a hitch i'm like oh god you know i always try to hitch most of the time i was trying to hitch with other people so i was never in a car 
I don't think I was ever in a car alone with a hitch. Usually there was at least another hiker. Do you ever use Uber or anything like that? Or is it there was one time when uh, it was going to be really difficult to get a hitch, and we called a lift. And funny enough, that was one of the more dangerous rides I was in. Really? Uh, the guy had the new season of Stranger Things propped up on the dash. Oh, my gosh. And was watching it. And anytime anything exciting would happen, he would swerve a little bit. <laughs> and, Which is um, basically 100% of Americans. I'm, I'm usually a generous tipper. However, Ever, uh, did not leave him a tip, and I did report him to Lyft for As distracted driving because uh, that was very sketchy. Wow, you're like, um, I'm glad I left this world, this, uh, <laughs> this technological world. Any animal encounters? Uh, did have a skunk chase me down the trail oh, at one point, God. Um, oh, man. which was unfortunate. I had just this was in the first. This was like three days in. Uh, saw a rattlesnake on trails, so of course I just kind of like sneak yeah. around it in the bushes. What so, state was that in? This is in California, okay. um, Southern California, and uh, so just went around the bushes and went on my way. And then about I don't know two or three hundred feet down the trail later, uh, ran into a skunk who was walking down the trail the opposite way. <laughs> and I was like, oh, skunk! Hey, please go away! You know, like let me pass. <laughs> and uh, it stuck its tail up in the air and just started running at me like oh, on all fours, like a little as fast as a little skunk can, which completely threw me off guard because I did not expect that at all. Uh, my guess is it had young around somewhere or okay. something like that. And so I was like backing up down the trail, like trying to like get away, knowing that if I keep backing up, I'm going to back up into that rattlesnake that I literally just passed on the trail. So I was trying to like toss pebbles at the skunk to get it to run off. And that just made it, run at me even more and eventually it did go off into the uh bushes and i was able to pass but i was thinking in my head am i about to be either sprayed by a skunk or bit by a rattlesnake and if i had to choose which one <laughs> yeah well, i just did a 15 mile trail race in november mm -hmm. bad idea it was, in, uh, it was at norris dam liz and brennan came with me and we camped there, just car camped, mm -hmm. just to save some money, and it started at, like, 7 a.m. the next morning. But, like, first light, you know, I'm, like, I can hear something rustling around, you know, that feeling where, you mm -hmm. like, there's a squirrel or something like that, and I'm kind of peeking my head around because it starts to get closer and closer, I'm like, man, that's got some size to it. We have our dog with us, too, mm -hmm. as well, and we're in this little three-man tent, and I see just around the rain fly black hair. And, uh, and I'm talking like it's like I could touch it like from me to Chris and then the white stripe. And I was like, and I can hear my son oh. wake up and he's like, what's that, dad? Oh. And I was just like, shh, don't move. Nobody. And I was like, Liz, hold the dog down. And just like oh. we just waited there. And, well, it, I mean, nothing happened, but it was just like, oh, my God, if I get sprayed, <laughs> we all just get sprayed right in the Jeez. face through the tent. I was thinking in my head, if I get sprayed by this skunk right now, no one is going to want to pick me up in a hitch. <laughs> How am I going to get no ruined your trail? <laughs> wow. it out. Like, oh, talk about a, a trail name. Oh, it's that guy that smells like... <laughs> 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 you touched early on. I was just thinking about like all of like the, the you know, because some people are really paranoid about all the things that could happen. Yeah. Stuff. I've got a buddy that's always pretty amped around uh, about bears. Yeah. It's like on a bear encounter and stuff. We went and did Yellowstone last mm -hmm. summer. And, you know, bought bear spray and stuff. Then the closest we got was, like, to a adolescent who was across the river. Yeah. But, like, do you encounter or do you hear stories about people just 
getting messed with with animals or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, um, bears are absolutely there. Uh, I saw a handful of them. Um, there are no grizzly bears uh, around the PCT, so it's all black bears. And right. Black bears are basically just big raccoons, and they will run away as soon as they see you uh, 90% of the time or more. Um, so most of the time when I would see one, it would be just its butt running off into the woods and not a problem. Uh, the bears that you do kind of have to worry about are town bears, because if you're staying in a campground near a town, the bears that live in town are used to humans, and they know that campgrounds, they can get food, and they know that the places that hikers camp in campgrounds, they don't have cars they can put their food in. Um, so, of course, there are, like, bear cages that we put our food in and stuff like that. Uh, there was one campground in particular uh, in South Lake Tahoe where uh, pretty much every night the bears come and rattle the cages. Uh, and a friend of mine did wake up to a bear sniffing his face. Uh, oh, which, of course, as soon as he woke up and realized what was happening, the bear was like, oh, uh, and <laughs> ran off. Um, I did, uh, I know of a guy, we know each other on, on Instagram, um, who I was on trail at the same time. I, I never met him on trail, but um, he was in a campground in town, uh, cowboy camping on the ground, so no tent or anything. He was just sleeping on the ground. Uh, and a bear did not see him there and uh, just ran him over, just was running and just ran him over. And he broke like two ribs or something really? like that and uh, had Great. pictures of his quilt was like t completely tore open, like down everywhere. And uh, he, yeah, he uh, kept hiking, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but he did break two ribs. Gosh, hiking with a broken rib. Have you been around like injuries out there, like somebody that got seriously hurt? Um, nothing where it was like, oh, we have to call emergency services right now. Right. Um, most of the time, like I knew people who were injured. I know people who had to get off trail because of injuries. Okay. Um, that, that is a thing that happens. It's yeah. not super uncommon. Um, that, that's actually kind of what got me into the career that I'm in now. Yeah. Um, Lizzie and I were hiking. This had to be 10 years ago. Now we were hiking in the gorge and we got down like to the bottom I don't couldn't even tell you what trail we were on, but there was two guys and a girl that were hiking, and the girl had broke her foot. Oh. And I'm talking about like on the side of her leg, just oh. like hanging. And I was like, I did not know what to do. None, and they clearly didn't know what to do. We helped carry her in a tarp, didn't even stabilize it. I had no clue wow. about EMS at all, and she was about to pass out. Oh, she may God. have. I remember get at the end, I was just like, keep her here. We'll sprint to the trailhead and to where we can get a signal and call 911. And that was kind of like more or less kind of what got me yeah. thinking about it. But I was just like, what do you do when yeah. something crazy happens just in the yeah. middle of the woods? Well, I didn't encounter anything like that. Uh, a lot of people carry Garmin uh, inReach devices, yeah. uh, which are GPS trackers, but they also have an emergency SOS button that uses satellites. So um, when you don't have service, nice. almost all the time, you can use a Garmin. Um, so that is a thing that a lot of people have. Um, not everyone. I, I didn't personally carry one on the PCT, mainly because they are ridiculously expensive. But um, a lot of people have those, and people do have to use them. There was someone on trail this year who um, had some a young, I think she was 22-year-old girl who had some uh, issues with altitude sickness that kind of went ignored, and she was going to power oh, no. through it. 
she got to the top of Forrester Pass, which is the highest point on the PCT. It's like 13,500 or something like that. Okay. It's, it's a high spot and uh, went into cardiac arrest and died. No on, way. Uh, Forrester Pass. And we actually ran into someone who was there and was giving her mouth to mouth at the time. And um, that oh, saw this. Hmm? You saw this. I did not see this. Oh, no, this happened. This yeah, I, I met I met this guy who was there. I was asking him about it, and um, wow, what a! I mean, it's the kind of mm. thing where like I was out there for months, having a grand old time. Yeah, you know, you run into things. People get injured. People have various pains or things that okay, maybe I need to switch my shoes. Maybe I need to take an extra rest day in town. Maybe I need to get off trail. You know, and in the end, it's okay. Because you can take care of things, and right. you learn very quickly when you're out there how to take care of things when things go wrong, mm -hmm. because things are always going wrong, and yeah. that's just a constant state that you live in of there's always issues that come up, and you just address them, and you just take care of it. You know, that's just what you do, and then you keep going, and being okay with having to deal with that stuff is kind of part of the experience, and it's a huge learning experience, too, as you go. Um, but to hear that and talk to someone who was there of someone who lost their life, yeah. you know, that was really kind of not necessarily shocking because you know that this stuff happens out right. there, but it was very much a reminder of, oh, I should not be like, I have to remind myself not to take things as lightly sure. as I take them sometimes. And what, I mean, backpacking is there's inherent danger in it. And right. while the risk of something like that happening is very low, especially if you recognize the signs that something is going wrong and you address it, um, things happen. You, well, know? you said at recognizing the signs, when we were the first um, national park we did, we, we hiked Grand Canyon right out of high school when mm -hmm. we were seniors and we took a train to Sedona, Arizona. Amazing trip. Yeah. But at that time, the National Park Service, like they're, they're – like awareness campaign for that was like they had a bunch of pictures of really fit like look like college age 20 something looking mm -hmm. people and that i i forget what the tagline it was it was like x number of people die in national parks or die in the grand canyon every year and mm -hmm. most of them look like this yeah and it's just like it's people that don't recognize the signs or yeah. say i'm you know in my prime i can i can work this out yeah so, absolutely so you were talking about just going back to food like i wanted to ask you like what's what's something that you deprived yourself of whether it be food or whether you know you at one point you decided i'm going to do this then you find yourself on the trail is there something that you're like gosh i didn't realize it, i was going to completely cold turkey be cut off of this or i didn't know i was going to be alone with my thoughts i'm sure that you go through all sorts of transformations mm -hmm. personally uh, on the trail, but is there anything that you were just like, gosh, I cannot wait to get back to this. <laughs> Snow cones, what a novelty. <laughs> um, as far as like things on trail that I really missed and was really excited to get back to, um, I missed playing video games mm, quite a okay. bit. You can't right. really do that on trail. <laughs> I got home and I w just like, for a while, I was just binging like all these games. <laughs> and now What's I don't think that I, well, now I binged for a while and now it's been like, a month or two probably since I picked up a controller. Um, I was playing, uh, I have an Xbox, okay. an old Xbox. I, I'm not going to drop a ton of money on a new PlayStation 5 as much as I would like to, but um, uh, wow, what was I playing? I was playing Assassin's Creed Origins because I had it and I had never played it. 
Right on. Binge through that. Uh, uh, what else was I playing? I was jumping around. Played some Skyrim. No uh, foods? You just like, there were no I foods. I don't know, man. Like, eh. I, I know this is a hot take, kind of a controversial opinion. I don't really care that much about food. If it has calories in it and it's healthy, like whatever, you know, like I, I obviously have to eat, but I'm not the kind, I'm not a foodie. Okay. You, so know? you, you didn't get off trail and be like, I've got to find a Burger King. No. Well, the other thing is that when <laughs> you're on trail, like one of the great things about being on trail and hiking so many miles, you are burning so many calories. You can eat whatever the f*** you want mm -hmm. and it's encouraged and healthy for you. Hell like yes. in town, we would go into town and every time I went into a grocery store, I'd get a pint of ice cream and eat it while I shopped. Like the whole thing. And then I would be hungry and we would go, you know, get, I don't know, like l massive amounts of Taco Bell or burgers or random stuff like that. You know, that's just like, it's not bad for you because you just need the calories. You just right. need the calories. It's like most of my diet you. was wow. candy. Right. When I was uh, on the Shell Toy Trace, uh, when I was doing the uh, FKT, obviously I was burning a ridiculous number of calories. And on that trail, I uh, ate an entire family size bag of peanut M and M's or peanut butter M and M's every single day. That's oh, twenty seven hundred calories oh, M and M's. Candy man. Yeah. Honestly, I miss trail food. I miss being able to eat like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll kill one of those tonight. <laughs> how was uh? So how was I've seen you post a couple of things since being back. I want to know, like, how was reentry after doing something like yeah. that or being gone? How, what's the longest amount of time that you were gone? The piece, the Pacific Crest. Yeah. So I, well, I was living in Salt Lake City prior okay. to starting, uh, and then as part of the transition when I was starting the PCT, I also moved uh, out of Salt Lake City. So I uh, left Salt Lake City, put all my stuff in my car, drove it back to Kentucky, left my car and all my shit at my parents' house and started the PCT. So when I finished, I came back to Kentucky, uh, where I hadn't lived in two and a half years. So Wow, even more of a disconnect. Right? Yeah, which I'm kind of grateful for. Uh, I think it would have been a lot harder to come back if you come back and just everything is the same. Uh, because doing something like that, like, I hesitate to say that you, like, change as a person, because I yeah. think that I don't think that that was so much my experience, more just you, ha like the things you experience shape a lot your perspective and how you approach things and how you see the world and how you act and how yeah. you interact with people. And I've experienced some really wild, weird things that a lot of people don't. And uh, if I were to come back to my normal life and to me, it felt like I had been gone for years. Like. Yeah. On trail, every day is novel and new and exciting stuff is happening. And every day feels like a week. Like so much can happen mm -hmm. in a day when you're covering I don't, like 30 miles or something. So much can happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you do that for months, like it felt like I had been gone for years. And if yeah. I were to come back and just like have my friends be like, oh, hey, like, welcome back. How's it going? Like. Glad to have you back after your semester gone or something like that. And right, everything is the same. Time. Like, I don't know if I would have been able to handle that. I mean, reentry was hard anyway, and it's hard for everyone. Uh, Post-trail depression is like a known thing that people talk about. Like, there's a name for it. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's 
this abrupt thing where like, you know, you're in this wild fantasy world that has become your reality yeah. where the real life feels like fantasy world, like hmm. feels so distant and far away. And all the people there are very distant and far away. And what the things that you used shift. to experience are so far away. And then suddenly you're home and nothing really has changed much. You know, everyone else just had their summer and uh, maybe they're going back into school or they're, you know, still at the same job doing the same things. And, uh, you know, I don't want to discount what life is like for people off of trail because I know people experience things, but it feels like you come back and nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. uh, but you have changed and you are different. And uh, that's a really difficult thing to kind of wrap your head around. And because everyone has such a different experience, uh, there are a lot of ways to compare people's post-trail experiences, um, but everyone has their own different experience. And it was equally hard having gone through the PCT experience with a group of people that I was sharing all this experience with, and then suddenly no, we weren't around anymore. Yeah. And everyone was off in different parts of the country or different parts of the world. Like uh, one of my best friends from trail uh, lives in New Zealand. Wow. So like when are we going to see each other again, you know? And you sleep next to these people every night and you share all your meals with them and you spend what feels like years with these people. And then suddenly you're on your own again and you're back in your regular life around people who have no idea what you just did, no idea what your experiences were. Um, they can't even relate to it. All they can say is, oh, how was your hike? Mm -hmm. And you don't even know how to respond because... Wow, I could never do that. No good yeah, yeah, that that stuff. And it's like, yeah, I'm happy to have those conversations with people because I, I appreciate that people are interested and they want to know more about it. And that's great. Uh, but I have 10 of those conversations a day now, you know, and uh, no one really knows what I went through unless you were there. So I, for that reason, have kept in touch with so many people from trail. And I think that is a really... Uh, common thing. Most of the people that I've talked to from trail went through a similar experience where getting home, it like felt very isolating. And then at some mm -hmm. point you're like, you take a deep breath. And when you reach out to other hikers and other people who went through that experience and realize that everyone's in the same place, it makes things a lot easier. So mm -hmm. um, it's nice that one of the people that I hiked with lives in Nashville, which is only a couple hours away. Toe. Toe. What toe. Up? What's up, toe? <laughs> um, she's awesome. Uh, and uh, so I get to see her now and then. Um, uh, someone else I knew from trail is from Cincinnati and was visiting his family back home. So I went up to Cincinnati and saw him. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I try to keep in touch with people and, and reach out. And it all happens in the little box in my pocket, you know, but, um, it's, uh, it definitely is an adjustment coming home and figuring out, okay, what does life look like now? Like I left my job to do that. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought, oh, I don't really know what's going to happen afterwards, but I have months to figure that out. And turns out when you're on trail and you're hiking, you really don't have time to figure that stuff out. And you're not really in a space to figure that out until you get home. So I was going to ask you that. I mean, one, I mean, just hearing you say all that, I really appreciate you just taking the time to, to sit and sort this out. And I, I never want to be somebody who's just, hey, how was the trip? Yeah. Tell us about the, what were there bears? <laughs> <clears throat> but I, I mean, I think that there's got to be like a, you said 
it was life. She said, I, I don't want to say life changing, but it, yeah. It, yeah, I don't know how it's not. I don't yeah, know how yeah, it, yeah. How it's not that. But you you mentioned that you were a part of this this culture that kind of dissolved or, mm-hmm. or it kind of imploded to yeah. some degree. Maybe that was some sort of catalyst that pushed you out into this or at least said, OK, so now now what? Yeah. You go out and you kind of try to to find yourself for lack of a better term and i think everybody everybody listening to this probably has some sort of story about that yeah absolutely i I went out you know so here's what i was brought brought up believing here's what i was brought up doing whether that's the family business whether that's you know this religion or whether that's fill in the blank um but what's mine you know what's is there anything that you like learned about yourself that you didn't know prior on this or, or yeah in these to be honest i mean so i've i got back from the pct in october and then pretty much immediately went and did the sheltoy trace and got back from that at the end of october and that was uh i feel like my post trail life didn't really start until that was over so really it's just been like four months that i've had to really think about this stuff um so it's very much still something that i'm figuring out and still something that I am actively, you know, noticing things all the time that, uh, you know, I'll interact with someone a certain way and be like, wow, I never would have done that before. Mm. You know, I never would have acted that way before. Uh, the reason that I don't say that it's life changing, even though it did very literally change all the circumstances of my life, um, is because I think that it, it, rather than like change who I was, it more brought to the surface things that were there. Mm. And trail is in a way, uh, for many people, a sort of therapy for uncovering that stuff. Mm. You put yourself into very real situations where you either address what's going on or you go home or you stop. Yeah. And stopping is not an option. You're in the middle of nowhere. You're going to run out of food at some point. You know, (laughs) Um, like you're kind of forced to address a lot of stuff. And on top of that, you have a lot of time to think and um, uh, routine that just is very, uh, it it lends itself very well to being able to address a lot of questions. So I think that there are parts of me for sure that have come to the surface now that I don't think were there as much before. Um, I certainly, certainly have a lot more confidence than I did before. And I often wonder... It shows. Like, how how do I how do I reconcile confidence with not being like a prideful asshole? You know what I mean? Like now I'm having to ask that question, and that's never something that I was really worried about before. Uh, I've always been someone that was more soft spoken, I think, and I still am an, an introvert, and uh, I'm not someone who needs the spotlight. I don't feel like, but um, uh, uh, being able to look at situations and be like, okay, what are all my options here and not discount things because I don't think they're possible. Mm. Um, I did a lot of cool things and I proved to myself more than anyone else that I'm capable of doing things. You know, one thing we used to say all the time on trail is I can do hard things. We can do hard things. You know, <laughs> like you're cold in your sleeping bag in the morning and you don't yeah. want to get up because it's cold outside, but you have to get up to you can do hard things like you can get up, yeah. you can start moving, you know, like you're going to run out of food before you get to the next town. So you got to book it into town or else you will be very, very hungry. You can do hard things. You yeah. can push through that. Um, Man, you, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, and another big one, uh, I have always been quite introverted. 
And I've always had a very close circle of friends, but uh, uh, one thing that, and I think I mentioned this to y'all when I ran into you, uh, whenever that was, I was FaceTiming with a friend of mine from Trail who was talking to me, and I was like, oh, like just catching up with, with her, and uh, was like, oh, have you chatted with this person that we knew from Trail? Like, have you chatted with this person that we knew from Trail? And was telling her some of the things that I'd heard about some of our mutual friends. And she was, she said, uh, yeah, Cal, you really were always the social butterfly on Trail. <laughs> wow. And I was just like, huh? Because never in my entire life That's would cool. anyone who knew me have referred to me as a social butterfly, really. That's just not been, you know the kind of person that I, that I ever saw myself as. And then I was thinking about it, I was like, huh, when I was on trail, I was chatting up everybody. <laughs> I just wanted to know people's stories. Like these are some of the most interesting people in the world that like choose to go do this. Like you meet some wild people out there. And I just like was learning everyone's names and getting to know people. And uh, I have a whole network of people that I know and friends now. And that was something that I was like, oh, wow. Like, that's funny Things that you said. I, I would have, because <clears throat> I didn't know you a ton back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I mean, we've all said that we followed you on 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 your posts and mm -hmm. things like that. But in just the the short times, running into you, yeah. and chatting it up a, a little bit about that, like it's you're really inspirational in that way. Like it's 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 a uh, it's interesting just to to talk to you. Obviously, we have some some a little bit of background in in hiking and doing that, but it's it's fun to to sit and listen to and I'm, I'm excited to see what you know whatever happens next for yeah you or whatever you decide but I don't I mean as you're still I'm sure you've still got a long journey of sorting out mm -hmm. what that all meant and and whatever the next thing is I mean I'm stoked about your uh your your trail your FKTs and, mm -hmm. and all that but Christ thikes cow like <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm really just honored to have, to have known you and, and oh, sat wow. and picked your your brain about this a little bit. So I appreciate you sharing it with us. Absolutely. No, yeah. we. I, I don't often get the chance to talk about it in this much depth. Mostly, it's those surface level conversations. You're so really I very much good. appreciate. You're really being able good to talk at it. You're it. super articulate about yeah, it. Yeah. Incredibly articulate about it. You're really good at talking about it. Some might say a social butterfly. <laughs> 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 no, my the, there's the guys that I went to Yellowstone with last year. One of them sent word. We sent each other articles and stuff. And one of them sent me um, an article about just like survivalist type stuff and it's funny just calling back to your first attempt mm -hmm. at the shell towie that went horribly yeah and that would have you know 180 degrees about faced anybody and said hey i'm done with this yeah you know i can't I'm, I'm out but it was just kind of like reading through it it was the thing that separates the people that can do extraordinary things is being able to laugh and kind of love the misery. I'm yeah. paraphrasing, but that was kind of the boiled down. That's how, what the article was about. And that's kind of like, I was, as you were saying that at the beginning, I was like, like that's, that's Cal right there. Like just the ability to say this sucked and it was miserable and <laughs> I, I got to go do this again. Yeah. And here six years later, you hit the FKT. That's a huge accomplishment and a yeah. huge nod to you, man. So, um, yeah, we're just proud of you, man. Just proud to know you. Thank and, you. And, and, and uh, in closing, as we wrap this up, man, what's next? Like, do you have any plans for what's next? That is a great question. <laughs> 
you caught me on probably the worst day to ask me that because I'm <laughs> literally this morning I got a job offer that I have to decide whether to take or not, and I uh, haven't made up my mind yet. So uh, I really don't know what's next. Maybe I'll be sticking around in Lexington for a while. Maybe I'll be going back out west. Um, if you ask me in 24 hours, I'd have an answer for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Part two um, next week. I do plan on getting back out there and doing more hiking. Uh, obviously I'm not done with that. And, uh, um, uh, we'll, we'll see. Do I you mean, have a park or a trail or there's, um, uh, you you've heard of the Appalachian trail. Oh yeah. I did the Pacific crest trail. There is a third long trail that does Mexico to Canada called the Continental Divide Trail. And that's the Triple Crown. And that completes. those three together make the Triple Crown of through hiking, of long distance hiking. So I would like You've to. Gotta be watering crown. over that, I'm sure. Yeah. So I would like to do the Continental Divide Trail uh, when I can. Uh, who knows when that will be? <laughs> um, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, and uh, that's kind of on my mind, but. Um, as I'm still figuring things out, both mentally and in my life, what things are going to look like, I really don't have a good answer for you, but exciting things all. So <laughs> are there any last words that you would bestow on anybody that's interested? I'm sure Britain has, a, there's a lot of people that listen to this that are maybe in that, that enjoy hiking yeah. or, or are interested in that. Like yeah. If you want to either give them advice or have them reach out to you or is there anything that you want to say to 45 zeros or the guy in the <laughs> party boy 052 um i would just say that if you are listening to this and doing backpacking or this kind of thing is intriguing to you just do it like it's the best okay. community you could ever meet it's one of the I could not talk highly enough of it. And if you don't think that you could do something like the PCT, I met people of all ages uh, from uh, 17 and 18 all the way up to a 77-year-old who was section hiking it over like five years or whatever. Oh, yeah, I met a number of retirees out there. There are like, That'll be you, you can do it. I met multiple people who were amputees that were doing it on prosthetic legs. Like, wow. You can do it. It's You can do it. So... You can do know. hard Don't things. Don't discount yourself. You can do hard things. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, that's about it for today. We are really grateful to Cal for coming on and talking with us. If you think he did a good job, let him know. You can follow him at Thikes Hikes on Instagram. And I imagine that's probably not the last time that we're going to be hearing from him. Young American is recorded in Lexington, Kentucky. It is produced and edited by myself and my twin brother, Chris. The intro is original music by Chris and I, and the song that you're listening to right now is called Sleeping Pad, and this is a band called Bendigo Fletcher that was a favorite of Cal's while he was hiking through the Pacific Crest Trail, and they are another local Kentucky favorite, so you can also check them out on Spotify and all the other streaming platforms. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Yeah,